everybody has a very different story. I did not get accepted into my first choice college. I ended up going to a state school in Wisconsin. And then I left school after a year to do this reality show. And I never got a college degree and yet did six Broadway shows. So everybody's story is very, very different. And I think it's just important to learn to follow your your heart or follow where the peace is and what excites you and be ready for an opportunity when it arises. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson, and as usual, I'm just so stoked that you're here with us today. And before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to our friends over at Life Audio and thank them for supporting the show and encourage you to go check out their podcast network at lifeaudio.com. Go find your next favorite podcast, listen to mine, or just check out their amazing collection there, lifeaudio.com. Today's guest is a Broadway star. She rose to stardom after winning NBC's reality TV competition, Grease, You're the One That I Want, earning her the role of Sandy in the Broadway revival of Grease at only the age of 21. I can think of a lot of things I did before 21, but none are as cool as that. So just going to start with that. She is a two-time Tony Award nominee, actress, singer, songwriter, life giver, and just a solid human being. I'm so excited for y'all to get to meet She starred in over five Hallmark Channel original movies and has is even currently co-starring in Shiners at the Woolworth Theater in downtown Nashville. Her debut EP on the other side is out now, and I heard we might be getting a part two eventually, but I'll let her confirm or deny that. But without further ado, please help me welcome the star herself, Laura Osnes. Laura, welcome. Hi, Trevor. That was a beautiful introduction. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really honored course, to be here. Of course. Of course. I'm just stoked that we're able to like set the record straight, have a very amazing conversation, which we haven't recorded yet. It's all like in progress now. But I just mm-hmm. know from the little chat that we had before we started recording that this is going to be so fun. So thank you for taking time to be here today. Thank you. Of course. So let's dive into what you're doing right now. I mentioned that you're in Shiners in downtown Nashville. Can you tell us a little bit about your role in Shiners and what you've been working on throughout this uh, interesting few years that we've had? (laughs) Yes, indeed. So about a year and a half ago, my husband and I made the move to Nashville, Tennessee from New York after living there for 15 years. And it's been an exciting change. Um, the show Shiners that I'm doing is a first of its kind, kind of Las Vegas style, uh, Cirque du Soleil variety comedy musical <laughs> that is happening in Nashville. And it's super exciting. Um, it's like 85 minutes um, spectacle. It's about a family that makes moonshine and you're all invited to the family reunion and the moonshine makes us do crazy things when we drink it. And so it's it's fun. It's definitely, it's 18 plus. It's for the grownups and for you know, the tourist, uh, you know, downtown Broadway bachelorette party crowd. Um, but the people are amazing. The venue, the Woolworth theater is brand new renovated. Um, but it's the historical Woolworth space where all of the civil rights era, um, stuff happened with John Lewis. And so it's very, um, exciting to be a part of something new that's happening in that space. And the show is every Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Nashville. 
That's so awesome. And I love that you bring up as an 18 plus show because in your career, you've done so many different things. You haven't shied away from any roles. And it's like you've got amazing music coming out. You've got amazing music already out. You've had such a storied career on Broadway. You've graced film screens around the world and even been a target of cancel culture, which is very interesting. Um, It's just kind of all over the place. Like your life is a movie of its own. Like maybe you'll get to star in your own movie movie one day but i don't know if that's something that people do like let me just go star myself in the movie but it's it's literally a movie plot being played out so with all that being said you've been on the film screens you've been on broadway um you've done all of these things like so sweet i think that's the cool thing about being (laughs) an actor or about of an or an artist do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean that it's like you don't have to put yourself in a box and Yes, the goal is to always bring, you know, parts of yourself to every role that you get to play or that I get to play. Um, But that's the joy of it is getting to step into someone else's shoes that I don't have to be me every day. I get to play Mm -hmm. all these different characters. And um, it's fun to have variety in that and get to do Cinderella, who is the princess, while also playing like Bonnie Parker. I did a musical about Bonnie and Clyde and, um, you know, got to fire a gun on stage. And it's it's unique. It's and I think every story is important to be told as long as you, you know, can connect to it in some way, or there's some sort of redemption in the character or whatever. I mean, I I do choose things very specifically. I've turned down several things in my career as well, but, um, there's, there's always things that kind of grab my attention about the things that I have gotten to do in my career. And I'm very, very grateful. And it's fun to keep Uh it, keep it spicy. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And just thinking back, like at 21 years old, winning the show with NBC and being able to play Sally on Grease, that's Sandy. Yes. uh, Sandy. So sorry. I am not the biggest uh, Grease guy, but it's all good. I only corrected you for the people who are and who know (laughs) you're saving me from cancel culture is what you're doing. Oh my God, please. And what was it like to step on TV at such a young age and get such a legacy role? Like, that's incredible. You're so sweet. It was crazy. It, doing a reality show is a wild experience. Um, I was 20 at the time of my initial audition and then turned 21. And, um, yeah, we performed live on TV every week, much like American Idol. And America yeah. called in and voted for their favorite contestants. And I ended up wow. winning that show with Max Crum, who won the role of Danny. And I got Sandy. So it was to cast the leads for the Broadway production. And it's a lot of stress. It was a lot of pressure, but like I learned so much. Like I got my first like spray tan. Do you know what I mean? Like crazy TV (laughs) things. I was the little girl from Minnesota. My nickname on the show was small town, Sandy. I'm from a suburb of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, And it wasn't really a small town, but I think having that nickname really endeared me to middle America that was watching and calling in and voting. And so um, God had a master plan in that whole experience as well. And I think having the courage to even fly to LA and stand in line and audition with thousands of people, like had I, had I not taken that leap, the whole thing never would have happened. Like I I had this piece in my heart and kind of this push that was like, go, I just saw the words go. And I had so many reasons that I felt inadequate to go do it. But I was like, I got to try. And thank goodness I did because it changed the course of my life. And I ended up getting to play Sandy on Broadway for a year. That's so cool. And we've had several uh, people who have won reality shows. And the funny thing is they've all been on NBC. We had Todd Tillman who won The Voice, uh, Whitney Miller who won MasterChef. And now you, it's like. I know Whitney. I love her. 
Yeah, she's the best, and her cookies, dude. Like, I ordered some. Oh, my god, So good. She lives right here in Franklin, so yeah. our, our paths have crossed a few times. That is insane. And just think about the odds of going to L.A. and actually winning a reality show like that and getting a role that most, like, women would dream about having, and it jumpstarts your career. For sure. But I want to talk about the Laura that came before – 20 years old auditioning in LA you know a lot of people pursue Broadway pursue acting pursue music and they don't really get a big break and I'm always curious to hear about the stories that led to you even auditioning for something like that so Hmm. when did acting come into your life when did singing come into your life when did all this become a passion for you I started at a very young age. I came out of the womb kind of singing, dancing and acting. And I used to act out musicals in my living room, put on the soundtracks and like sing and dance along to them. I started taking dance lessons when I was five and voice lessons when I was probably nine. Um, I think my parents saw that it was both a passion that I had and that I kind of had a natural gift giftings um, in that realm. And so I had auditioned for a community theater production of the wizard of Oz. And I got a munchkin when I was in second grade and I didn't, I didn't, I know I was like, I didn't have any lines. Like I was not a featured munchkin. I was just like random munchkin number like 38. And, um, but I loved it. And I remember looking up to the actress playing Dorothy and being like, I want to do that someday. Like I want to, I want to lead the show and sing the song and play the role. And, um, I just, the theater bug bit and I just continued to audition in Minneapolis and do a combination of like theater shows at school and also in Minneapolis, like professional shows in Minneapolis that happens to be a really uh, strong theater and music and art city. And uh, my mom worked at home and was able to like drive me to rehearsals. And I was super grateful to even be given the opportunity at a young age and the exposure at a young age to go see shows and get to be a part of shows. Cause I know that's, and, and again, to have a parent that supported me in doing it. Both my parents have been so supportive. We're so supportive my whole life. And I know that's half the battle. Um, I know a lot of students, I teach a lot as well. And a lot of students are like, my parents don't support me in doing this. And Mm -hmm. as I get older, I just realize what a gift that was to be told yes, and that it was possible and that I could do it. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
Wow. And what a blessing to have people to come alongside you in that way. As you said, not a lot of people have parents that are going to support the artsy side of things that they're doing. And I don't know that it comes from a negative place with all parents. Some are just like, hey, you have to have a career, like do this, do that, do what they know, essentially. But even in my small town, Social Circle, Georgia, like the first church role that I had was with this church called The Avenue. And it was in a theater where they had like the theater arts and the camps and everything. And I remember seeing the kids up there and being so passionate about what they're doing at the social circle theater. And, um, they had amazing people leading them on, um, to success. And there are so many small town theaters like that in the country and around the world. So for those people that are listening to you from the other side that are listening now and looking up to you, if they're struggling to get that leading role, or maybe they feel like they aren't good enough yet, what would your message be to them right now? Sure. The three things I always say, and whether pursuing a career in the arts right now is something I would recommend, like that's a whole nother conversation. But what I always say um, to people is be yourself, which sounds very cliche, but I think we spend our whole lives trying to be what we think they want us to be. And at the end of the day, there's only one you. So owning who you are and the gifts that you have and walking into every audition room confident in what you have to offer, I think is so important. Secondly, be patient, keep saying yes, keep showing up, keep working hard. This is a career of rejection. So you have to learn not to take that personally and just every opportunity to audition or do something is a, is an opportunity to share your gift. So, but if you keep showing up, establishing a good reputation, I just feel like eventually the door is going to open. Um, and then thirdly, plow your own path. Here I am going like, it's not like if you follow these five steps, you'll make it like there's everybody has a very different story. I did not get accepted into my first choice college. I ended up going to a state school in Wisconsin. And then I left school after a year to do this reality show. And I never got a college degree and yet did six Broadway shows. So everybody's story is very, very different. And I think it's just important to learn to follow your your heart or follow where the peace is and what excites you and be ready for an opportunity when it arises. Like this grease thing. Like I felt like I had been preparing somehow my whole life for this moment. And then an opportunity came and it's so easy to say no or get scared out of it, but just being, being ready for, for an opportunity when it strikes. Wow. For the, for the youngins that are performing uh, Peter Pan at the Social Circle Theater right now, I hope you guys get to see this and get to be <laughs> encouraged by a two-time Tony Award nominee and someone who's made a career out of acting. And for everyone around the world that will hear this and hear the encouragement from Laura, like, Thanks, you Trevor. can do it. You have a specific purpose on this planet. And if you feel that it's writing music, performing, uh, being on stage on Broadway, don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Like Laura's saying, plow your own path. There is so much potential for you. And nobody can do the things that you were put specifically on this earth to do. And one thing that I've really appreciated with talking with you, Laura, is you've integrated your faith into the conversation. It's Mm -hmm. not something that had to be pulled out. So that tells me that that's something that's very strong for you. So when it comes to your faith and going into such a secular, um, secularly, I think might be the word, but don't quote me on that. Um, 
dominated space like being acting being entertainment anybody that watched the grammys this past weekend knows that's the truth like there's so much darkness in the entertainment industry how have you kept your head on straight all these years it's that's a really good question and i don't have all the answers i'm just going to be honest right now and just humbly say i wish i had uh the best answer for you um i think it's tricky. I remember my mom saying like, you're going to be a lamb amidst lions or lamb amidst wolves in New York city. And there is an element of that, that was truthful, but I felt called and I feel like there was a grace and favor over my time in New York city and over my career. And so I just think what's most important is being in the center of God's plan for your life. And if it's your, if it's God's plan for you to pursue the entertainment industry right now, then go into it. And if he's telling you to wait, then wait. Like it's not, it's not worth forcing. I think I had, I, again, I had grace on my career for 15 years. And then last year dealt with a cancel culture thing that made me that lose my career and my reputation overnight. And we had to move to Tennessee and I look back and I go like, that's what, a what it's, it was disheartening. It was super mm-hmm. painful and hard to have worked for so long and just tried to love on the community to see them kind of turn against me. What felt like at least, um, you know, kind of overnight over a vaccination issue was really hurtful. Um, but I feel like there's there the industry does still need lights and uh, now I'm doing it in a new way. And I feel like God's expanding my view of creativity. And for so long, I feel like my identity was in being that Broadway girl or the, you know, doing musical theater. And that was my call. And that's all I knew. And that's what I wanted to do since I was five years old. And I got to do it like my dream got to come true. And I think I was planning on staying there and living out, you know, continuing to live that out for the rest of my life. And it took this drastic, painful experience for me to begin to see that God might have so much more for me. And so that's what I want to say to, again, anyone who's listening, anyone pursuing the arts, whether you're a believer or not, putting your identity in that thing is not going to end well. And I feel like God has, there's so many different ways to be creative and to be able to share your gifts. So if one way isn't working, begin to explore others. Um, sorry, this is very long winded now, but it's, it's tricky. I think it's important to stay grounded, to have people, um, in your life, uh, whether it's a church or a small group or a, a relationship that you're in that can keep you grounded in the midst of pursuing a career in the entertainment industry. And the fact that they tried to cancel you over something that's a super personal decision, they didn't ask you about it beforehand. They kind of crafted their own story around it um, from what I've read. And even you discussing that takes a lot of guts because you're coming against what these big outlets are saying about you. Uh, They didn't take time out of their day to ask you for anything. When they did reach out for something, it was already kind of a target piece, so it wouldn't have made sense to answer any questions. Do you feel as if you... Uh, let's say that never happened. You were to stay on Broadway. <laughs> things were to have kept going and going. Do you feel as if you would have your EP out? Do you feel as if you would have eventually moved to Nashville? Or do you feel like you would have nope. stayed in the race? 
No, this is all new. I never, ever would have guessed that I would start writing music. I think when the way I had been creating and storytelling my entire life, I was no longer allowed or welcome in that community to be a part of doing that. And in fact, there are still mandates in New York City and in most theaters around the country. So and again, for people, I'm assuming maybe some people know my story and I've, I've told mm-hmm. it for a little bit, but, um, if they, if you want to go into detail, we can go into detail on what, um, exactly what happened, but, um, there's, so I'm st- like, I still don't feel welcome in that industry. And especially after what happened, it's been, to be honest, challenging in this season for me to continue to even support that system that continues to not welcome people like me. And it's hard because it was so it's such a positive, beautiful thing for me for so many years that I feel like a lot of my memories have been, uh, I actually recently wrote a song about it. My, my memories have kind of turned black and white instead of color for my whole 15 years. Like it's now painful sometimes to kind of think about Broadway and the, the good, beautiful times that I shared there and the wonderful friends that we had made and all that, just because of this hugely impactful negative experience. And I feel like I'm a year and a half out, um, now in the healing process, recovery process, forgiveness process, and God is continuing to do a work in me, um, that now I'm, I'm beginning to see some of those memories in color again. Um, but I think again, for anyone, you know, pursuing this, it's like, make sure you are grounded and rooted before you, before you go, because the industry can really become an idol and, um, I don't know. There's been a a healthy kind of change of perspective for me in this season and using the pain of what happened to be artful in a new way, like songwriting. Wow. And songwriting is so therapeutic all on its own. Like when you go through something as um, destructive as people trying to cancel you as a human being, like you don't really have a blueprint to success for that, right? It's like, oh, people are saying this. I don't really know how to combat this. You know, turning it into music is going to help other people. They may not be going through cancel culture, but they're going through dark times and they need to see the color in life again, and you're able to provide that. So, like, biblically, all things work together for good. Right. It's happening. Like, your career right now where it sits in my eyes is amazing um who knows if we would have ever been able to have a conversation where you to still be in broadway and the people that are able to hear you on these podcasts and these interviews that you've been having they need to hear you you're here for a reason and i know for a fact it had to suck getting the phone calls like your agents all these people saying like not diving into it just going with the flow of cancel culture i i hate cancel culture i think it's pretty dumb like there's some people that like if you've harmed someone or uh done something super damning like yeah swept away but something as simple as this um rehearsals hadn't even started yet and they made it sound like you just barged in with a i'm not getting vaccinated tattooed on your face or something that's not what happened at all you were just living life and one day you wake up and you're like oh that doesn't sound like what happened at all and you can't really defend yourself because this political state we're in we had just been through um the transitional period with from president to president you've got all this controversy going around on the vaccines and such like you can't really defend yourself in that space 
Yeah, it was hard because, um, yeah, there were just so many like mischaracterizations of me and my character and judgments um, in the tone in the tone of the article. And I think, again, after trying to build a career for 15 years and really love on people and having a what I thought was a a, a pretty uh, lovely reputation, um, it was it was hard to see things turn so quickly. But as you said, with the songwriting journey and beginning to see the silver lining of going, well, if I can't be creative this way and I'm being silenced actually in, in this arena, I felt like songwriting was a way for me to find my voice and use my voice like literally and figuratively, um, and get to kind of, yes, heal and have, have a kind of cathartic way to share my story and share my feelings through song. But then also what's been cool is to, as you said, see the impact that it's having on other people, on other artists who have felt silenced during this time, who haven't been allowed to work, other people who have maybe faced cancel culture or faced uh, repercussions of this time that we're in, the political division, um, you know, maybe it was mandates that affected livelihoods or jobs or families, relationships. I, COVID and the whole pandemic affected everybody in very different ways. And I do hope that this music it's very specific to my story, but I had someone tell me when they listened to the album that they were like, with specificity comes universality. And I love to hope that that is the case, that this music reaches the ears and the hearts of people who need to hear it. And they can be encouraged during this time. They can, you know, maybe be inspired to um, build their own backbone and have fortitude and stand up um, if they're being called to in their own little worlds, whatever they're going through. Um and yes, there is supposed to be a part two. I know that you mentioned that earlier. So I did five a five-track EP and hoping to come out with another five tracks probably late this spring, early summer. Awesome. That's so awesome. And when it comes to your EP on the other side, what's the one thing that you hope and pray people take away from listening to these songs? Hmm. Um, I hope people... <laughs> Honestly, I hope people feel inspired to have courage and to know that there is life beyond cancellation. And sometimes even when the, you're in the midst of the deepest, darkest valley, <laughs> there is the album is called On the Other Side. And I feel like what God taught me through that is that there is hope on the other side. There is purpose on the other side. And there is so much more to life than what I had initially seen in my world. And I'm excited to continue to explore that and find that in the coming months and years, um, and where God calls me to continue to be creative and use that voice, um, that he's building in me. Um, you know, again, both musically, but also, also just as a human me as, and, and sharing my story and my testimony and what I've been through. I'm, I hate conflict. I'm a very, I have a very sensitive spirit. So, finding backbone and building fortitude in the face of adversity in this season has been a big character building journey for me. And I hope that people can see that and be inspired to do the same. Wow. That's so good. And where can people go for more information about your music and all of the upcoming things that you have uh, in store for your career? Yeah. Thank you. My music is on available on all platforms. Um, I have a website that is my name, Laura Osnes, O S N es.com. Um, I'm also on social media at my name as well, Laura Osnes. And, um, there's a link like in my bio on all the platforms to find my music, to find upcoming concerts and shows, etc. 
Well, I am so thrilled that people are going to be able to tune into this conversation and get to hear some of the golden gems that you've been able to drop for us. And Laura, just to encourage you, I don't see it as a cancellation. It's almost a rebirth. You're able to provide so much peace, joy, and love to people. And honestly, the Broadway community, the people who came after you, that's a loss on their part. I hope and pray that they run across one of these conversations and actually care to hear your heart and the love and gratitude that you still have for them. The forgiveness, the spirit of forgiveness that you're carrying is beyond encouraging to me personally. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact it is for everyone else listening. So we're going to have the link in the description below for all of the links um, that you've mentioned, your website, all of the streaming services and such. And Laura, just thank you for being here. Thank you for being you you. and continue to (laughs) just truck along. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Thank you for sharing that. And I feel like there's, there's both hope in the music and there's also truth. There's a couple songs that are, you know, painful. There's a song called bitter where I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, this is where I am today. And I'm just going to share the truth. So I think, um, that's been also something I've learned as well as going through the, those stages of grief and acknowledging where you are in the process and, um, I'm excited for what's to come next. It's cool to be in a season of hope now. So thank you for saying all those things. Thank you for having me. You're awesome too, Trevor. Come on. And if you're out there struggling right now, whether you're going through grief, rejection, uh, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, anything that might be causing you distress today, I want you to know that you're not alone, that there's so many people out there that love you and want to be there to support you. And we're also going to have links in the description for some of our friends over at heartsupport.com, Beneath the Skin. death to life to write love on her arms we want you to know that you're loved that you are cared for no matter your beliefs no matter your political stance no matter what we might disagree on that's not what this show is about that's not what life is about we want you to know you're loved you're cared for and you've always got a friend here so we love you all laura thank you so much again for being here and we'll talk to you guys next week bye You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To You podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.